back to the Preacher's Devo podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout the podcast, I offer an analysis of the content found in the Heidelberg Catechism. I have picked the Heidelberg Catechism for its easy-to-follow structure of what are called 52 Lord's Days. These are given in reference to the 52 weeks of the year. Today, we are in episode number 13, therefore in Lord's Day number 13, as we explore and continue to explore together the doctrine of Christology. Christology, in sum, is the study of the person of Jesus Christ. Lord's Day number 13 begins with a question. Why is he, that is Jesus, called God's only begotten Son, since we also are the children of God? That is a good question, isn't it? Why is Jesus called the only begotten Son of God? The emphasis here is on the word only, for scripture tells us that we also are the children of God. Now, let me clarify, not all are children of God. Only those who believe and have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ have become children of God. Therefore, not all of human creation, not all humans are considered children of God. This truth is grounded in the fall of mankind, which separated us from fellowship with God. Our standing as children of God is only given to us because of Jesus Christ. And we know this, for instance, in verses like Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5-6, through 6, which says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the Beloved. And further, in a verse that is more widely known, John chapter 1, verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So what is the answer given by the Heidelberg Catechism? The answer is this. Because Christ alone is the eternal, natural Son of God. But we are the children of God by adoption through grace for his sake. Perhaps here the word only begotten Son of God bears to mind for most of us because of John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whomsoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, what is the Greek word for only begotten? In the New Testament, that word is the word monogenes. The word monogenes appears some nine times in the New Testament, and it can mean one of a kind or unique. How do we know that? Well, context. For instance, let me give you three times that this word is referred to in the book of Luke to refer to an only son or an only child. In Luke chapter 12, we have the story of the widow of Nain. There in verse 12 in chapter 7 of the book of Luke, it says, as he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, and the only son, that is Monogenes, of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. Now fast forward one chapter in the book of Luke, and we have the story of Jairus' daughter. Here we also see the word Monogenes referring to his only daughter. Look at verse 42. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. And yet again, folks, fast forward one more chapter in the book of Luke. and In Luke chapter 9, verse 38, we have another reference to monogenies. This time, Jesus heals a boy who had an unclean spirit. In verse 38 of chapter 9 of Luke, it says, And behold, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, 
I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. So you see there, folks, those are a few of the evidences that Jesus is a unique son. He is the only son of God. Now notice that I said unique. Why? Because Jesus is one of a kind. One final example is found in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 17, in reference to Isaac, the son of Abraham and Sarah. The verse says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son. Now the reference here to only son is the word monogenes. If you read the Old Testament, you know that Isaac was not Abraham's only son, for he had had Ishmael. So here is a reference to his uniqueness, because he was a son of the promise. Here it would be worth referencing again John chapter 1 verse 14 and also verse 18 which says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory of the one only begotten of the father full of grace and truth no one has seen God at any time the only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father he has declared him. So Jesus, of course, holds a special place of authority because he is God. Here, the theologian Norman Geisler offers us this quote, that Christ is the eternal Son of God is clear from both Old and New Testaments. As Son, he is eternally submissive to the Father, which is evident in eternity past from his willingness to submit to the will of the Father to be the Redeemer of humankind. So Jesus is the unique son of the Father, the unique child of the God of the universe. But now we, because of him, are also called children of God. And that is only because of the love that the Father bestowed on us. So here, listen to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Now, Lord's Day number 13 asks one other question. And this question now is related to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It asks, Why do you call him our Lord? The answer given is riddled with the reality of Christ's redemption for us, what he accomplished for us through his blood. So listen to the answer. It says this, because not with silver or gold, but with his precious blood, he has redeemed and purchased us, body and soul, from sin and from the power of the devil, to be his own. This answer given here in the Heidelberg Catechism is in direct reference to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18-19, through 19, which say, Knowing that you are ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Notice here that Jesus' lordship is directly tied to his atonement, that is, his sacrifice on the cross on our behalf to free us from the power of sin and of Satan. Note that throughout the New Testament, Jesus Christ is referred to as Lord, that is the word kurios in the Greek. Here are a few examples. Luke chapter 2 verse 11, For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And in Colossians chapter 3 verse 17, Jesus is referred to as Lord Jesus. It says, Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. 
The Lordship of Jesus Christ is foundational for our understanding of the person of God. It is the Lordship of Jesus that leads us to praise and worship. Our redemption, as the answer to Lord's Day number 13 gives us, was purchased by Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. He freed us from sin and from the power of the devil by purchasing us to himself. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, 23, you were bought at a price. This price was given and purchased for us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that is what we have been reading over and over and over again. Several of the references that we have read refer to the blood of Christ. What is the blood of Christ? It is a representation of His life that was given to us so that He could purchase us from sin and the devil. Therefore, our redemption is grounded and rooted in the person and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Here, the famous verse of Colossians 1.14 is important for us to remember. It says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. We often forget to thank Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus is a merciful, gracious God. He did not have to purchase our salvation. He did not have to die on our behalf. He did not have to humble himself and become one of us and as, as a slave to give us our salvation. But he did, and he did it because he loves us. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of the Preacher's Devo Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. Until our next podcast, stay encouraged, encourage others, and keep growing in Christ. If you'd like to share this podcast with your friends and family, feel free to do so and subscribe. Thank you and God bless.